The quantity of information in your DNA is the equivalent of a book that is the length of 1,000 Bibles. To think that your DNA came into existence without intelligence is pure madness. Hello and welcome to the Millennial Apologist Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan, and in this episode, we are going to test the validity of atheism by examining scientific evidence and logic. So for some time now, atheists have masqueraded themselves as being highly intellectual. They're often loud about their self-classification as logical, rational, and scientific. Atheists smug at the concept of having faith, which can be defined as believing in something without scientific evidence to support said belief. In this episode, we're going to see that choosing the position of atheism rather than theism takes much more faith and requires one to deny both science and logic. So when looking at this debate, or the question of God's existence, it's important to be as unbiased as possible, and that means setting an even playing field. So one important point to note is that any belief about the past takes some degree of faith to believe in because you were not there to observe it. Since scientific evidence requires direct observation and faith is the practice of believing in something you cannot see, that means that whether you believe the universe created itself from nothing or that God created the universe, some degree of faith must be involved. The goal of the skeptic should be to find the position which takes the least amount of faith to believe in and that is most in line with known scientific laws. If one chooses a position which is contradicted by the science, for example, then that would obviously take much more blind faith to believe in because it would require more miracles than a position which was actually supported by the science. Atheists love to throw out the word science. An accurate definition of the word science is the objective search for truth by way of observation and repeated experimentation. However, atheists have fooled themselves into wrongfully defining the word science as meaning the attempt to explain everything exclusively by natural processes. This faulty definition of the word science has resulted in many unscientific conclusions about reality, such as spontaneous generation, the multiverse, etc. Now, if one operates with this definition of science, then they have already failed in their search for truth because they have excluded any and all supernatural explanations. This is an extremely biased way of viewing the world because hypothetically, a supernatural explanation could be better supported by the scientific evidence than a natural one. Because of this bias, however, One must provide a natural explanation and therefore can miss the mark when it comes to what is true. It should be noted that 2,000 years ago, the Bible acknowledged the reality of those who claim to be scientific but are actually biased and are not legitimately searching for truth. In 1 Timothy 6 verse 20, Paul tells Timothy to avoid science falsely so called, which is what modern day atheism is based on. Before assessing the real science surrounding the existence of God, I want to make a very important point, which is that atheism is a self-defeating belief. This means that if atheism were true, it would be impossible to trust the arguments in favor of it. A quote attributed to C.S. Lewis does well to demonstrate this point. It says the following, Suppose there were no intelligence behind the universe. 
In that case, nobody designed my brain for the purpose of thinking. Thought is merely the byproduct of some atoms within my skull. But if so, how can I trust my own thinking to be true? But if I can't trust my own thinking, of course, I can't trust the arguments leading to atheism, and therefore have no reason to be an atheist or anything else. Unless I believe in God, I can't believe in thought, so I can never use thought to disbelieve in God. And that's the end of the quote. So, you see, if you are just a randomly evolved assemblage of chemicals, then that means your brain was not designed to use reason or to participate in science. For example, atheists would label the reasoning of animals such as squirrels and birds as inadequate to properly assess the topic of God's existence. So why would they trust their own reasoning, seeing as they believe that they also are just randomly evolved animals? If they want to maintain intellectual honesty, then they would have to admit that just like the squirrel cannot know if it is evolved enough to properly understand such advanced metaphysical topics, there is also no way that human beings can know if they can understand such topics either. In order to know if humans had the intellectual ability to accurately ponder God's existence, you would need the input of beings more intelligent than humans. And as a side note, I would recommend the book titled The Ultimate Proof of Creation by Dr. Jason Lyle uh, because he discusses how this fact really is the ultimate proof that God exists and how atheism is a self-defeating belief system. And hypothetically, if it were true, then it would logically follow that you could not even trust your own reasoning and therefore could not trust the arguments in favor of atheism. So from the very beginning of their line of reasoning, we see that atheists already fail to defend their worldview because it is logically self-defeating. And just another side note, this argument would be classified under presuppositional apologetics. Presuppositions are simply the assumptions present in one's belief. For example, everyone operates with the presupposition that they can trust their sense of sight. Presuppositional apologetics, then, involves assessing the assumptions present in worldviews and determining if they are valid. This is a very powerful tool because it demonstrates that literally every atheist who claims that they arrived at their atheism by using reason is actually being self-contradictory and is therefore illogical because if atheism were true, you could not justify trust in human reason. Since Christianity posits that an all-knowing God created the universe and that he intentionally gave humans the ability to use reason and follow the science, trusting one's logic only makes sense if one believes in God. Christianity is therefore internally coherent because if we examine the presuppositions it has, namely that God exists and he created the universe in an orderly fashion and created humans in his image, then it makes sense that we are able to use our brains to come to accurate conclusions of complex topics such as theism. While so far, atheism has been debunked by using logic alone, because if it was hypothetically true, there would be no way to trust the arguments in favor of it, we are going to give the atheists a free pass and pretend that their worldview actually does enable them to participate in logical debate while maintaining intellectual coherency. Now it's time to look at the science surrounding the debate of God's existence. And before getting into the scientific laws, I want to first establish the fact that everyone believes in miracles. Now this might sound shocking to you, 
But it's true that both atheists and theists believe in miracles because a miracle can be defined as the suspension of a law of nature. Both atheists and Christians believe that in the distant past, both the first and second laws of thermodynamics were broken. Let me explain. Because of the first law of thermodynamics, matter and energy cannot be created or destroyed, only changed from one form to another. For example, if you burn a piece of wood, then the matter which made up the piece of wood is not annihilated, but rather released into the universe as energy. Furthermore, it is impossible for nature to produce matter from nothing. Objects have never been observed to pop into existence out of thin air. In other words, the quantity of matter and energy in the universe is always constant. The second law of thermodynamics tells us that heat always transfers from a hot body to a cold body. The word entropy is associated with this law, which is basically the phenomenon that if things are left to themselves, they will always decay and lose energy over time. Because of this law, scientists know that if the universe were to continue for billions and billions of years, it would eventually reach a state which has been termed the ultimate heat death. The ultimate heat death would occur because everything in the entire universe would eventually be the same temperature because heat is always transferring from warmer bodies to colder bodies. At this point, no more chemical reactions would take place and life as we know it would be impossible. This means that the quality of matter and energy is always decreasing. When these two laws are taken together, we see that the universe must have had a beginning and that it could not have created itself. The universe had to have had a beginning because if the universe was infinitely old and had no beginning, then it would have already reached the ultimate heat death and we would not be here right now. However, the universe could not have created itself because the first law of thermodynamics tells us that no natural process can create matter or energy. And when we throw in the law of cause and effect, which is foundational to all of science and basically states that everything which began to exist needs a cause to explain its existence, then we see that there had to have been a cause for the universe's beginning. Therefore, the only rational conclusion when met with these scientific facts is that God created the universe. The atheist's knee-jerk reaction to this argument is to scream that God would also need an explanation for his existence and demand the Christian to provide this explanation. When the atheist asks who created God, however, he is demonstrating his lack of logic and lack of knowledge of the law of cause and effect. This is because God is outside of the universe and is therefore outside of time itself. Since God is outside of time and had no beginning, he does not need a cause to explain his existence because he has existed for eternity. This is hard for us to fathom because we live inside the universe where everything, including the universe itself, is subject to time, but this explanation is completely reasonable. In fact, it's the only valid explanation for the universe's existence because you cannot have an infinite regression of causes. You eventually need to go back to the first cause and that is God, an uncaused being. Unfortunately, many secular scientists are very poor at using logic. Concerning this topic, for example, the late astrophysicist Carl Sagan said the following, For many cultures, the customary answer for how the universe began is that a god or gods created the universe out of nothing. But if we wish to pursue this question courageously, we must of course ask the next question, where did God come from? If we decide that this is an unanswerable question, 
why not save a step and conclude that the origin of the universe is an unanswerable question? Or if we say that God always existed, why not save a step and conclude that the universe always existed? There's no need for a creation, it has always been here. This quote demonstrates that Sagan was so blinded by his naturalistic worldview that he was unable to see the blatant errors present in the statement. As was already discussed, God had no beginning, so he did not come from anywhere, and you cannot save a step and conclude that the universe has always existed, because the laws of thermodynamics demand that the universe had a beginning and could not have created itself, while the law of cause and effect demands that something had to have caused the universe's existence. So, sorry Carl, but you can't apply God's attribute of eternal existence to the universe because this violates laws of science. As I said earlier, both atheists and Christians believe in miracles because they both believe that the laws of thermodynamics were overthrown in the past. However, Christians have a valid mechanism to explain the suspension of these laws in the past, which is God. Because God is outside of the universe and created it, only he has the ability to overcome the laws of nature, just like he did when he rose from the dead some 2,000 years ago. However, atheists are left with the unscientific position that nature alone was magically able to contradict its own laws. This is an absurd and unscientific belief. Another scientific law that was overthrown in the past was the law of biogenesis, which states that life only comes from life. Even in laboratories under the most ideal conditions, scientists have never been able to produce life from non-living material. There have been attempts, such as the Miller-Urey experiment, but they were complete failures. However, both the Christian and the atheists acknowledge that sometime in the past, life did come from inorganic matter. While Christians have a mechanism which explains how this event could have occurred, namely God, Atheists must cling to an absurd belief that was experimentally disproven over 100 years ago, which is known as spontaneous generation. Spontaneous generation is the belief that life can arise from non-living matter on its own, and this was shown to be impossible in the 1800s by scientist Louis Pasteur. This is yet another example of how disbelief in God is contrary to the scientific evidence and leads people to believe in nonsense that has been debunked for centuries. So far in this episode, we have seen that atheism is self-defeating because if it were true, you could not trust your own reasoning and therefore it would be impossible to logically defend the position of atheism. Even if we give a free pass to atheism and pretend that it can trust human reason, we see that it still fails miserably because it violates the first and second laws of thermodynamics, the law of cause and effect, and the law of biogenesis. Some atheists will claim that this is a god of the gaps argument to point out the reality that God is the only viable explanation for how these scientific laws were overturned in the past, but this is just insincere name-calling. A God of the Gaps argument is based on scientific ignorance. For example, before the nature of gravity was better understood, one may have claimed that God was divinely moving the planets in orbit, while today we know that they are simply following the law of gravity. In the arguments we just observed, however, it was demonstrated that naturalism is impossible based on our current scientific knowledge, because every observation and experiment shows that natural laws have never produced life from non-life, or matter from nothing, to think otherwise is to blatantly deny these scientific laws. For example, 
If I told you that yesterday I denied the law of gravity and floated up to the sky without any divine intervention, it would obviously take much more faith to believe that this event did occur than to believe that it did not occur. However, this is exactly what atheists want you to believe when they claim that nature alone is responsible for the existence of life and our universe. The kicker is, we know that scientific laws were violated in the past due to the evidence just discussed, because in the past, at some point, life came from non-life and matter came from nothing. So the only rational explanation for a violation of the laws of nature is a supernatural being which has power over said laws, which is God. And that's exactly how the Bible describes the God of this universe. That's why in the Bible you see all of these miracles as demonstrations of God's power. Jesus raising people from the dead, walking on water, healing the sick. These are suspensions of the laws of nature and they were provided as concrete evidence that God really exists and that he entered the universe as the man, Jesus Christ. Now we'll transition to the argument for God's existence from complexity. Believe it or not, one of the best evidences for God's existence looks back in the mirror at you every day. Life is perhaps the most complex thing in the entire universe, especially when one considers the reality of DNA. DNA is literally a code which has the blueprints to build everything about living organisms. Instead of using zeros and ones like computers do, DNA uses four different base pairs, which are abbreviated A, T, G, and C. A question that atheists cannot answer is this. Can you show me just one example of information arising without a mental source? Has there ever been any coherent sentence, book, or entire language of meaning that was produced by nature itself? Of course, the answer is a resounding no, because science tells us that time plus natural laws has never created information. Specifically, there are two theorems of information science which completely destroy any plausibility of atheism. The first theorem states that there is no known law of nature, no known process, and no sequence of events which can cause information to originate by itself in matter. Randomness will never create information because information entails order, which is the exact opposite of randomness. Just as a monkey can never type out an entire dictionary by randomly slamming keys on a typewriter, it is impossible for the information in your DNA to have arisen by blind, random chance. So, where did the information in the DNA come from? Well, the second theorem of information science tells us that every piece of information comes from an intelligent source, the mind of the creator. 100% of every observation Every test and every experiment shows that information always comes from intelligence. According to information science, DNA was created by an intelligent designer, also known as God, and there is absolutely no other alternative. Furthermore, human DNA is composed of approximately 3 billion base pairs. The Bible has approximately 3 million letters. That means that your DNA has 1,000 times as much information in it than the whole Bible does. The quantity of information in your DNA is the equivalent of a book that is the length of 1,000 Bibles. To think that your DNA came into existence without intelligence is pure madness. If you were walking on the beach and found a bunch of rocks in the sand which spelled out the word hello, 
you would obviously conclude that somebody laid the rocks down in that order because to think otherwise would be stupidity. Yet atheists want us to believe that the most complex information system in all of existence, DNA, came about without intelligence. This further demonstrates the absurdity of atheism because in order to believe it, you must deny laws of science, mathematics, information, and just plain common sense. Famous astronomer Sir Fred Hoyle shed light on the impossibility of life forming by chance and natural processes in his book, The Intelligent Universe. Because Hoyle was an atheist, it is safe to say that there is no creationist bias in his statements. Hoyle first gave an example of a blindfolded man trying to solve a Rubik's Cube. He stated that the chance that one random move would solve a Rubik's Cube is 1 in 50 million 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 which is a five with 19 zeros after it. Hoyle explains that if a blindfolded man were to make one random move per second, it would take him 1.35 trillion years to solve it. This is the probability that just one of your body's proteins evolved by chance. Hoyle also calculated the probability of life arising in nature, coming to the conclusion that the chance of life forming naturalistically is one in 10 to the 40,000th power which is a one with 40,000 zeros after it. He gives us an illustration of the likelihood of this event occurring with his famous junkyard tornado analogy. He says the following, a junkyard contains all the bits and pieces of a Boeing 747 dismembered and in disarray. A whirlwind happens to blow through the yard. What is the chance that after its passage, a fully assembled 747 ready to fly will be found standing there, so small as to be negligible. Even if a tornado were to blow through enough junkyards to fill the whole universe, Hoyle admitted that life cannot have arisen by chance. While Hoyle clearly saw the impossibility of life forming without intelligence, he still refused to accept God. Instead, he advocated for the idea of panspermia, that life originated somewhere else in the universe and was then seated on earth by aliens. A belief in panspermia is an inadequate reason to reject God because it only displaces the problem of the origin of life and there's no scientific evidence to back it up. Also, it does nothing to answer the question of the origin of the universe or matter. It should also be noted that according to the law of biogenesis, even a chance of one in 10 to the 40,000th power is still too generous to the atheist because modern science tells us that life can never arise on its own. Now, discussing all this information reminds me of a passage in the Bible, which is Romans 1, verses 19 through 23, and those verses state the following, That which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So here, Paul is telling us in Romans 1 that the creation alone is enough evidence that God exists. And as we've just seen on this podcast, Paul is absolutely right. The complexity of life, the origin of our universe, the origin of matter, everything points to a creator. And so to deny that is just blatant absurdity. And that's why Paul says that they are without excuse even if you've never heard of the Bible, you are without excuse when you stand before God because the creation alone is enough to make you think 
about the possibility of a creator's existence and make you want to seek him out if you truly cared. Paul continues by saying that, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Now, this is a perfect description of atheism, because even though atheists commonly profess themselves to be wise, they say that your DNA arose by random mutations and macroevolution. As we have just seen, however, this claim contradicts the overwhelming scientific evidence. And I like that last sentence, which states that these people changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Because atheists have to believe that we came about by macroevolution. They have to believe that your ancestor was a smaller chimp and eventually a reptile and a fish. And if you go all the way back, your ancestor was a single cell. And so the atheist worldview posits that, look, we created ourselves, essentially. Our DNA, our ancestors kept getting better and better and better until they came to us, the wise humans, the homo sapiens, the pinnacle of creation. And so instead of acknowledging that we were made in God's image, they think that we were made in the image of animals. And that's why atheists believe that human beings are just animals. Whereas if you're a Christian, you know that there's a distinction, that human beings are separate from others in the animal kingdom because we were made in God's image. Now, not only does DNA demonstrate the ridiculousness of atheism, but basic biological facts do as well. And there are thousands of these, but we'll just go through a few. For example, the human eye sees in 576 megapixels. The iPhone 7 camera is only 12 megapixels. Your kidneys have the ability to clean your body of toxins and transfer the waste into urine, which is then excreted out of your body. Your heart beats 100,000 times per day. Your lungs take in the oxygen from the atmosphere, which is then picked up by your blood and transported throughout your entire body. Your body has cells which defend it against infection. It can heal itself when damaged. It takes the energy from food and absorbs it in order to build itself up. Your brain has billions and billions of neurons and your body even regulates its own heat to maintain a very narrow range of livable internal temperature. Atheists would mock the claim that the faces on Mount Rushmore came about by wind and erosion alone without any intelligent design, yet they believe that the entire bodies of the men whose faces are on Mount Rushmore came about by time and unintelligent processes alone. Atheism is the biggest delusion the world has ever known, which is why the Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And as an atheist myself in the past, what really started my journey to becoming a Christian and acknowledging the truth of God's existence was the scientific evidence. I started watching debates on the existence of God and the necessity of a divine being to explain our current reality. And if you look at nature, just like Romans 1 tells you, it will naturally point to God. And that's why cultures throughout the entire world every culture had some sort of religion because they believed in the supernatural because they recognized ancient man recognized that this could not have arisen by blind chance but now we have 
a bunch of people that have been fooled by Darwinian evolution and naturalistic explanations. They have been fooled to think that everything we see before us came about by randomness and time and natural laws, but when we look at the science, we see that it's clearly impossible. And things get even more complex at the microscopic level, as cells are made up of multiple organelles which each have a specific function. The nucleus stores DNA, mitochondria produce energy, lysosomes destroy proteins. All of these organelles work together and the cell would fail to survive if they functioned incorrectly. Furthermore, DNA is constantly being translated and transcribed in order to follow its instructions and to build proteins. There is an entire universe of complexity at both the micro and the macro level of biology, all of which points to an intelligent designer. Just as the psalmist wrote thousands of years ago, you are truly, fearfully, and wonderfully made. You are a masterpiece created by God, and what's best of all is that the same God who created you and created this entire universe loves you and wants to have a relationship with you. If you acknowledge and accept that you are a guilty sinner before God and that only faith alone in the work of Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, can atone for your sins, then God will declare you righteous and will adopt you as his eternal child. The evidence is all around you, so why don't you take the small step of faith and accept the gospel? Now, I want to end on this point, that the law of logic, known as the law of the excluded middle, tells us that if there are two and only two possibilities, and you can definitely disprove one of them, then the other possibility, by default, must be true. In the case of God's existence, there are only two possible options. Either natural laws alone can produce the universe and life as we know it today, or they cannot. When we take into account the first and second laws of thermodynamics, the law of cause and effect, the law of biogenesis, the laws of information science and DNA, and the complexity of life, we see that atheism, which posits that nature alone is responsible for everything, is false. Therefore, the only other option, theism, must be true. And that is how you can know that God exists because atheism is impossible. Based on science, logic, and reason, atheism is impossible, so that means there must be a god. And it takes an exponentially more amount of blind faith to believe in atheism than theism. In observing atheists debate and defend their worldview, even though they have no basis for logic, as we saw earlier, I've recognized that the only thing they have going for them is their arrogance, which appears as confidence. Because atheists reject God, they become the God of their own universe, and therefore tend to be consumed with pride, whether they know it or not. We must remember that no matter how confident one is in their presentation of an argument, the only thing that really matters is the evidence. That's it. You discover truth by following the evidence and nothing else, for that is what science is all about. And there was so much more information we could have covered on this. This was just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, but we will definitely make a part two of debunking atheism for this podcast. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but for now, I pray that the evidence in this episode made you recognize atheism for the farce it is and that your confidence in God's existence has been strengthened. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a great day.